Trust the Wisdom of Change with Sylvia Warsham, author of Journey to Me, on episode number 220 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You got people that have one and they die from one, and I had multiple. I didn't just have the two. And the doctor said, you know what, we got to check you out further because there's another problem and we don't know what it is. So they do a second scan the next day and I've been admitted now in stable condition. And then I get six doctors in my hospital room and I'm thinking, this is not good. (laughs) This is not good news. Hi, this is Melissa Hughes, best-selling author, international speaker, TikTok guru, and a mama. I help people find their voice, grow their influence, and their business through social media. You're on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, helping people crush adversity and succeed in life. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through navigating the adversities of life to achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us. This episode of Beyond Adversity is brought to you by the 40-Day Way, the coaching program which helps you write your own PLP, your promise life plan to help you get from the point of being stuck in adversity to having peace, prosperity, and purpose in just 40 days. Head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40-day way for more information about that. You can always head to drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast dedicated to helping you. You. Have you found yourself, yourself ever in a situation where you were needing a pivot in your life? That was the case with Sylvia Warsham. She had been cruising along pretty successful in her corporate life and pharmaceutical sales when life came crashing down. She went through a devastating divorce, became a single mom, then found herself with a terrible life-threatening health situation, which landed her in the ICU at the hospital. When on Easter Sunday morning, doctors came in and said she had just a 20% chance to survive the episode. Instead of being dissolving into despair, she quickly found herself with a sense of peace that she was going to now look for a pivot in order to her life, to her journey to find divine meaning in life. That's what this episode is all about. It is the the journey that Sylvia took and which she writes, writes about in her book, Journey to Me, about finding uh, wisdom in the changes in her life. And she came to a place of peace and purpose in her life. That's her story here today. And we're going to talk about her book and the processes that she took to find peace in her life. I believe that's what many of us are seeking, peace out of the midst of ugliness. She blogs at sylviawarsham.com, S-Y-L-V-I-A-W-O-R-S-H-A-M. 
in her book is Trust the Wisdom of Change. When we come back from the other side of this podcast, we're going to talk about what you practically can do to shift from despair to victory in your life. Right now, let's get into our conversation with Sylvia Warsham, the author of Journey to Me. Hello, good people. Welcome again to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller here. We are trying to help you to grow through what you go through, helping you to navigate adverse life events and to come out to a better place, a place we like to call a place of peace, prosperity, and purpose. And we love to do that by talking to people who have had some challenges in their life that they have had to overcome, some adversities they've had to overcome, and they've had some turning points. And then they are able to teach us and lead us and guide us into what they have learned and what they can apply to our life. And we have a turning point coach with us today. Sylvia Warsham is an author and multilingual speaker and the author of Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change. She has an incredible story to tell about life transformation, spiritually, physically, emotionally, at many levels. And she's got some things to teach us here today on Beyond Adversity. So we welcome you, Sylvia, to Beyond Adversity. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much, Brad. I appreciate it very much. Looking forward to this interview. It'll be, it'll be great. You are a turning points coach. It says here in the information that we've talked about a little bit before we got on, on, on the podcast here. That means you've had a turning point or two in your life and some pretty dramatic situations in your life. So let's just start there. Let's start with where you were at in your life when you had some of this drama happened and your situation. And I don't want to spoil the story, so unpack the story for us a little bit, please. So the biggest turning point that I share in Journey to Me and really shifted my lens towards the life I live now is when I nearly died in 2012. I My life at that time, I was a single mom to a young son, four-year-old. I had been through a divorce, a very painful divorce. And luckily, I had started dating again. And so my boyfriend of four months said, hey, I want your son to meet my family. So why don't we go to Louisiana? He's from Louisiana. And why don't we have your son meet my family? And for a single mom, that was like a sure sign. He was considering marriage. So it was a big deal. And a couple of days before we left, I started feeling pain. I could not take a deep breath. And I thought, how strange is this? And I thought maybe it was my stress because I had, I worked 50 to 60 hour work weeks with a pharmaceutical company at the time. I was one of their top multiple award-winning performers. So I had big time quotas, sales quotas I had to achieve. And I was always working a perfectionist and achiever, a very high achiever. And so I thought maybe it's stress related, right? But either way, I checked with my brother, who's a doctor. And he said, it sounds like this is a common thing in young people. It sounds like the inflammation of the lining of the lung. So just take these medicines. You should be okay. But just realize it's going to be really painful. And I take a flight, which is a miraculous thing. I did not die after this flight. And and luckily, we spend the night at a hotel. And in the middle of the night, I have a pain that jolts me out of bed. And it felt like 15 knives were simultaneously being puncturing my lungs, basically, every time I took a breath. And so it was really scary. And the next day, I 
We happened to walk in. I walked in unassisted to the hospital when I spoke to my brother and they did a scan of the lungs. And and I have a specialist that walks into my ER room and says, a woman in your condition should not be sitting up talking to me right now. You have two large pulmonary embolisms in your left lung. And for those that don't know what a pulmonary embolism is, it's a highly critical situation because it's blood that is clotted, that has traveled through your heart to get to your lung and it's blocking like the main vein. So you could you, it could lead to people having heart attacks or strokes and essentially dying. Well, I had two large ones, so it's they had gone through my heart. I know that. I've dealt with, yeah, I've dealt with people who've had that before, and I know it's, well, it's a serious shoot. matter. you got people that have one, and they die from one, and I had multiple. I didn't just have the two. Yeah. And the doctor said, wow. you know what, we got to check you out further because there's another problem and we don't know what it is. So they do a second scan the next day and I've been admitted now in stable condition. And then I get six doctors in my hospital room and I'm thinking, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good news. You know, something's up when six doctors show up and check you out. And, and neither one of them wants to look you straight in the eye. That's always a clear sign something's really wrong. And, and they go on to tell me that, that they're racing against time, that I have a massive blood clot in the vein, main vein that supplies blood to all my main organs. And it's putting pressure on my liver. And if it does block off the blood supply, I'm going to go into liver failure and require a transplant. So now I'm in a highly critical situation. And in that moment, I completely surrendered to God. I just said, this is now in your divine hands. They had told my family I had a 20% chance of surviving. And they were just not hopeful I was going to survive the night. So this is like Saturday before Easter or Sunday. And they start me on this therapy. And it's not a therapy they're used to use doing. So that's another miracle in itself. And the next day, I have a woman with the Catholic Diocese that walks into my room and says, do you want to pray with me? And I said, yes, I need a prayer. I need more than what the medical community is offering because they're not sure of what's going to happen. And we start to pray. We form a prayer circle. My boyfriend was in the room. And in the middle of the Our Father, I feel this love that's so immense. It felt like someone was cradling me in his loving arms. And I felt the peace. I felt the knowing that I was okay. I The serenity that just filled the room. And she left the room and my boyfriend turned to me and he said, you felt them too, didn't you? So he made himself known, mm. second miracle. And 20 minutes later, it was confirmed that I had no more threat. The doctors were, they were baffled. And the third and final miracle I received that weekend was uh. the fact that I had no long-term complications. Because usually when you have these situations, you those pulmonary embolisms leave holes in your lungs and you will require a transplant of a lung. And that's another mm. critical wow. situation. So as if nothing had ever happened to me. So there, there, there were three, three miracles. And so I, I used that turning point. I started to question why I survived. Was I living my best life? Was this my purpose to stay at pharmaceuticals forever? Or was I meant to do something else? And that's what started that quest. Okay. Entirely. So that's awesome. Like, well, and we'll get into the, some of the details in just a second here, but that's a pretty awesome story. And on Easter, nonetheless, that's makes <laughs> it cool as well. And one of the reasons I wanted to chat with you t- today, Sylvia, is you and I have something in common. I had an Easter experience, not unlike what you had in 1999, without going into all the gory details. I had a massive 
loss of blood from my colon, and uh, I was on Easter Sunday, and I'm a retired pastor, and usually Easter's kind of a busy day for us pastor types, <laughs> and so I was out of it. I couldn't be in church on Easter Sunday, and I was in the hospital, and anyhow, I uh, had a little my own little private Easter service in the courtyard of the hospital, and uh, all alone on Easter, instead of being in the middle of a hullabaloo of a big Easter service and a sense of calm come about me and a sense of healing. And, and any other long story short is that I was supposed to have major surgery the next day to take out my colon. And instead I went home because I was, they couldn't find the source of my, of my bleeding I was having. And I went home. So I can resonate with your story a little bit there and uh, quite a bit. And then the part I'm interested in as well is not only these miracle stories people have, like you and I have and others, what do you do next? <clears throat> I think it's so important and vital. And we want to learn from you about this. And I would just ask you this about your experience that you said you had a turning point and you call yourself a turning point coach. And I'm assuming that this was your moment of turning point. But then what did you do then to change after that? What were some of the actions that you took after that led you to doing what you're doing now? Tell me about some actions that you took. I started to take personal growth courses because I wanted to understand why I'd picked the life I had picked before. I wanted to get to the root of why I was operating from a fear space, fear of failure, fear of not being enough. Why, why was that? And, and I started to, I traded off my multiple award winning career and I transitioned into a different space. I became a stay-at-home parent because that was the next step in my journey. I got remarried and started to have my babies and I wanted to be there for my children because I had, I, after the divorce, I had realized that I had not spent enough time with my kids. So I wanted to go back to the joyful mm -hmm. space. And some of the actions I took was I started to really look at my life and search for my purpose. And I started to look for my answers inside of myself because what had happened my previous life was I was always searching for happiness outside of me. And I found that even though I got to this beautiful space after I got divorced, I was their number one rep and I'm standing there in front of all my peers. I thought I would have happiness and I didn't. And when I nearly died, it woke me up to, you know what? I'm stressed out. I'm not happy. I need to start making some changes to move towards that space of happiness. So how do I do that? And I started to turn inward. And the more I turned inward, the more I saw my path before me. And let me explain what I mean by that. My relationship with God strengthened after I surrendered and accepted, because those are two major steps into building a stronger relationship with God. And God will always lead okay. you to your light. He will always lead you on the path of who and who you were meant to be in the first place. And so the more I turned inward, the more the answers came. And one morning, one of the answers came to me of, you need to call Bridget. And Bridget was my, the mentor that, of, of a class I took, one of the many classes I took in personal growth. And she was with the John Maxwell team. And so I called her and the prompting was basically, call her and sign up. You're meant to be a coach, a speaker, and a trainer. And I called her and I started the certification process in 2017. And I, and, but the more I turned inward, the more the answers came and they came in the form of messengers, people he would send to me. And the same way I found you today, I, I 
felt the prompting to get on Clubhouse. And when I got on Clubhouse, one of the ladies referred me to Podmatch. And then that's how I found you. If I had not listened to that prompting, if I had not acted on it, because it's always, you need, there's always a timing factor to these promptings. There's a reason why they come up when they do. Now, what stops us is our fear. Our mind, our subconscious mind is what stops us. I want to get to the fear piece in a second here in terms of what you did to navigate your fear. But let's just be clear about you became a woman of action. You had your turning point here and you began to take some classes and you end up in the John Maxwell leadership training, which I'm familiar with. And you began to look inward and you described a pathway, a new, I assume like a new path. It seemed like your corporate life, you were on the path where you're, affirmations were the next sales goal or the next Mm -hmm. corporate affirmation or whatever it was in that regard. And that was unsatisfying, but you found your satisfaction in your inner life and particularly, and then you begin to look for these prompting things and including getting married and things of this nature, taking care of the kids and focusing on parenting. Is that a fair assessment of some of the actions that you took that led you in a different pathway from where you're at? Yes, it was all the actions I took, but it was mostly because I was listening to what he was saying to me. Yeah. And because I want to go with you just for a second. Sure. The spiritual connection seems like that thread was going through all of this, right? From the very initial point of your, your crisis, your transformation, your Easter experience. So let's just talk about the importance for you of connecting with higher power, connecting with the spiritual life. Not sure where you're at before your Easter experience, but particularly afterwards, what kind of relevance did that have to you in terms of this total transformation that you had? Tell me a little bit more about that higher power that you had there. Before the turning point, I had already started having a much deeper relationship with them. In fact, after the divorce was when that started to shift for me, but it really got deeper once I surrendered to him totally trusted him Mm -hmm. to take the reins of my life, which is a very different relationship than if you just believe in him because anybody can believe in him, but do you trust him? And that, that came after the near death experience, because here I'm in a situation where I have zero control over what's going to happen next. I am facing uncertainty at a very high level. And I've turned to him now and said, I trust that you are going to lead me to the path of greater joy, that this situation is happening in my favor and not to me. And that's a big difference. Before, I would look at life happening to me, and the focus was completely off. And when I started to trust him, I started to see the opportunity that change provided to me because there's a great deal of wisdom and change, but it depends on where your mindset is at the moment that you're going to receive it in different ways. You can say, I'm a survivor or I received three miracles. And there's a difference in how you're saying that. And he was the reason for that difference. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question or if there's more. No, absolutely. I like to think about in terms of how people, for people to transform, I believe you have to have a, physical action that you take, whatever it is, take mm-hmm. a course, for instance, mm-hmm. that you have to take some action, get off your rear end, whatever it is. Some people get, so they get healthier, they go running or they have counseling or whatever it would be getting married. Sometimes is one of those, mm-hmm. but take an action. And then the th- another element of what I like to teach has to do with this, that you, 
have to have a connection to in your inner life that's spiritually oriented to have true transformation. And that's what we're talking about here because that's where contentment comes from. And then where I want to go with you now for this is just that's my take on that's part of my teaching there, Sylvia. But uh, sure. But, but where I want to go with you now is what do you do then? How do you live out that life? And I think it may go to your response to to fear that you mentioned there, your journey to me, that you talk about wisdom, gaining wisdom and that, that type of thing in your book. Let's talk, what I want to talk to you about is get from you and some insight in what, how you live your life now and what do you teach people now about disciplines, about practices, about habits, rituals, anything you do now that's different where you were before and how that could be a transferable principles to other people. Yes, yes. And in fact, let me just give some background into this because what when you operate from a space of fear that's where your fear-based ego is blocking you right a lot of people stay stuck in their circumstances because they can't see beyond their circumstances because they're operating from beliefs that limit their amazing capacity what change provides change provides an opportunity for you to connect to your soul identity the person that you were created to be you were born to be initially we were born immense genius and capacity but when we started to encounter trauma and modeling in our lives and people telling us we can't do it now we have the other identity coming into play the fear-based ego identity and the soul identity So how do you get out of the fear-based ego? You start to interrupt those fear-based thoughts before they become feelings. Because once they become feelings, you start to react and you have triggers that are tied to those feelings and patterns of behavior that you've created a habit around. So let me explain something. Like I had a limiting belief of I'm not enough, right? When I became a stay-at-home parent, it kind of reared its ugly head with my second husband, because when he went back to work, when we had our baby girl, it went back to the time that my father was a doctor and he never had time for us as kids. And my mind, my emotional mind associated uh, working too many hours as not being enough for my dad. So when I, when my husband went back to work trying to make a living for his family now that is staying at home, my belief of I'm not enough reared its ugly head. And what happened was that the victim mode of pattern of behavior started to wreak havoc in our second marriage. I became a victim in our relationship and I blamed them for our problems. And at the root of it is this horrible belief that has been formed for many years before, like when I was a kid and it has no basis now. When you look at it consciously, it doesn't make sense, but... Let's be specific. What did you do about it then? You had this resurgence of these old feelings from growing up, and you had a prior marriage, and I do, I'm understanding you had children from your first marriage as well? Yes, I had a little boy. So you had a, a blend, you, So you had a blended family dynamic, as well. I'm getting all of you that. There's complicated matters here that come to play, <laughs> I'm aware yeah. of. And, and so you had this. So what did you do about it? You had to do something to address so the marital to- issue that's come up. So I started to interrupt the thoughts when the thoughts started to show up and say, he's to blame. I'm such a victim. Woe is me. One of the things I coach on now is I say, interrupt it, interrupt that thought. And you do something physical with your body. It's interrupted to wake up your emotional mind, which is on automatic, right? It's automatically operating for you based on however you're feeding it. Right. If you're feeding it negative behavior, yeah. it's going to it's going to give you negative 
outcomes, if you will. So an example of that is uh, before you even start blaming anybody, it's just ask yourself, like, where is this coming from? And start asking yourself those questions in reflection. And I started to reflect a great deal. I did a lot of journaling because I'm a writer, so it writing comes easily to me. But for some people, writing is not easy. So some people do prayer and they start asking God, why, why do I react to this? Like, why does this trigger me? And a lot of the answers are inside of us. Once we ask the question, it comes to us. And once those answers came to me, then I would put some new habits in place. So instead of picking a fight with my husband, Right before he traveled, which was my habit, I would go off and meditate oh, and just talk yeah. to myself. <laughs> Glad I talked to myself. Yeah. And pattern interrupts. Yeah. Pattern interrupts are a big okay. technique. And at the end of my weeks, what I would solely focus on was all the positive things that had happened in our marriage. And I would let go of okay. anything that was uh, blocking me. And I started to do that immensely during those years you, and it starts to did shift you write down any of these shifts these gratitude type things did you put any of that in your journal or anything like that as well oh, i did that in fact i started one of the techniques that's very successful for me and i know it is for some of my coaching clients is i tell them those little notepads that you have laying around do little thank you mm. notes for your family once a week, it fills your cup because you feel good about thinking positive things. The more you think positive things around your family and your relationships, the more you start to feel and focus in on that. And then you start seeing opportunities versus focusing in on the negative. And yeah. in turn, it makes them feel good because I know that's something that my yeah. husband has really loved and it has strengthened our relationship. And in fact, at some point during these years, he started to write little notes to me. And he's not a writer in the least, <laughs> but because he felt, wow, this makes me feel so good. I wonder if this would make her feel good. And it started right. the communication process back up again. It became but, contagious in a good yes, way. Yes, yeah. positivity is contagious. And one of the yeah. techniques I, when you focus, the law of focus is, is such a powerful thing to think about. And I think most people can relate to this. We know that what you focus on, you find. It grows. It seems real. And ultimately, what you focus on, you become. And for a long time, I was a really negative person. I was a victim in my own relationships. And when I started to shift that mindset over by implementing these techniques on a daily basis, suddenly it started to shift everything inside of me. And I became a different person. That's good. Becoming a different person is really what we're talking about here, this transformation from a pathway that's stuck, not good, destructive, inward focus to something that's outward focus and helpful and progressive and in, in a way that is a dynamic with your husband and with your kids and with your career that you've sought out now. And it seems like the career that you've sought out now is you have these transformation you've had and you want to share it with others. And that's why you've written the book and you have some other things that you're at your website, self And uh, so what are people going to, what do you have to offer people? Why did you write this book? What are people going to find in this book that it's going to be helpful to them? You're going to find a blueprint of taking you from the turning point and what characterizes the turning point all the way through your soul identity. And there's five steps in that blueprint. And what I've done is I've done it from the coaching and light. And I say light Christian perspective, 
because there are like two or three themes running through this book. One of them is that any turning point, no matter what you go through, divorce, and I went through a whole slew of them, is take that turning point and how do you shift your lens? What do you need to do? What, what is your mind doing? Both minds doing, your subconscious, your emotional mind, that's the one that's really in control. And what is your conscious mind doing at the time? And what's happening inwardly in your world? Who is surrounding you? Who's influencing you? It gives you that guidance. And as you go through the blueprint, it gives you coaching tips and traps of what to look for and how to implement those goal settings. What, what do you need to do? And a lot of times what I've shared in the book is three things I've shared is to create a big, bold vision in all areas of your life because your mind needs a GPS. It needs direction. And the only direction that you're giving it right now is your programming. Whatever you've been programmed with your modeling and your trauma and your significant emotional events are really what have shaped you throughout your life. And until you become aware of how your emotional mind is fully in control and how to work with it, the book kind of shares with you how to work with that mind so that it works in your favor and not against you. Right. And how you align to what your true soul, divine soul's purpose and desires are, because we all have those pools, but mm. we get stopped by our fear of failure, our perfectionist patterns of behavior. So it gives you an education of these patterns of behavior, how they can manifest in your life and how you can interrupt them and implement new habits that lead to breakthrough and lead to beautiful yeah. breakthrough. Some great breakthroughs you've had in your life and you're sharing with others in your book, Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change. And you call yourself, you are a turning points coach and an author of this book. So that means that you're out to influence and be helpful to people. And I, working on the assumption here, Sylvia, that there's been people in your life whom you have helped, who you have seen some changes, some turning points in their life based on either your book or your teaching or your coaching. So tell me about a person or a situation where you've seen, okay, there are some changes going on here, and I've been some part of that. I'm interested in kind of a transformational story you may have been a part of. Sure. I had some, I had a couple that reached out to me just recently who had, have been married for 10 years and they weren't, they weren't communicating very well. And they have two young children and they had two different parenting styles. It was causing some major friction. And in, she was and still is a highly successful coach herself in the health and wellness space. And he is a medical device rep. So he's in a very stressful position in his job. And their children are fairly young. And, and they came to me because they weren't communicating very well. So when I started working with both of them separately, and then I did joint sessions with both of them. And what I found was we got to the root of her distress, she had a lot of overwhelm in her world. And when overwhelm showed up, she went into complete and total control mode. And I call that the security seeker mm -hmm. mode. And it was causing this huge problem in their marriage because she was undermining his parental role with the children. She was always in control. And 
he would try to help with the children and she had a way of doing things. And so it was causing a, a lot of problems. So what we started to implement was brand new habits, how we identify the overwhelm. It's kind of like a child who is about to have a temper tantrum. And we've been taught okay. as parents, feed them a snack. What's well, the same thing with your mind? When a feeling shows up, yeah. right? A feeling shows up, you have certain triggers that go into automatic effect, right? And to her security secret would show up and manifest in the way of having everybody clean up the house. Everything had to be spotless. So it was like this constant thing, right? So it was like, okay, when overwhelm shows up for her, let's implement a brand new habit. And in, in his, in her case, once that new habit of she would step out of the room physically and meditate and just take a couple of deep breaths. And then she'd come back and instead of ordering people around, she's leaned into the change, right? So that was a brand new habit, but it was identifying what was, what feelings were showing up to it and what was at the root of it. So that was for her. For him, he had a lack of self-love. He was, he had a succeeder pattern of behavior that was dominating his life. He had tried like every program in the book, but he was the type of person that when ego showed and reared its ugly head, he'd quit. He would quit on the program he was doing. So at the root of what was happening with him is his lack of self-love. He just did not feel enough. And when his wife would undermine his authority in front of the children, it would really cause a it would actually reinforce that limiting belief in him. So what we started to work on for him was to kind of love himself more by doing, giving himself time to exercise and really reinforcing self-love in him. And what they found at the end of 45 days was that they were happier. She was less stressed. Her overwhelm was almost a non-issue because she knew how to, she knew how it manifested in her life and how she could interrupt it before it became overwhelmed. Because a lot of times what happens is you start thinking and it just makes the feeling worse. And if you interrupt the thought before it becomes a feeling, unhealthy unhealthy way, way. these folks some tools and some some strategies and some processes, which is what we're all about here at Beyond Adversity. How do you get a handle this? A lot of people get stuck in a bad marriage or whatever it is, or it's spiraling out of control. And how do you deal with it? And you're giving us some great insights here. And I think our listeners are going to take a lot away from our conversation here today, Sylvia. And so how can people find out more about you, your website, your book, your coaching? How can people find out more about you in case they want to reach out to you? You know what? The best way to find me is also on LinkedIn because on LinkedIn, I have all the recommendations I've ever had of people that have worked with me. So if you ever want to know what they think of me and what I'm really good at, that, that would be the best place to find me. And I'm, it's an open profile. So you can connect with me. I'm a public figure under Sylvia Worsham. Simple as that, my name. And the book is available online in every format imaginable and in any independent bookstore across the United States. And so you just have to order the book, Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change. And uh, if people want autographed copies of the book, they can email me directly and I can leave that in the show notes. I'm sure that's going to be available for them. We'll make a connection to your LinkedIn page and your website and all of these connections at our website, drbradmiller.com. And fascinating conversation today with Sylvia Warsham. She is the author of Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change. And she's been our guest today on the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Thanks for being our guest today, Sylvia. 
Thanks so much for listening to our conversation with Sylvia Warsham for about her book and about her process, Journey to Me. She blogs at sylviawarsham.com, S-Y-L-V-I-A-W-O-R-S-H-A-M.com. Talk about a couple of takeaways here from her book, and it is all about uh, moving in your life to shift the lens in your life, as she says, from being in despair to seeking divine in your life. She talks about understanding who you are. You're a perfectionist, achiever, or a security seeker, and understanding your dynamic, your psychographic dynamic, and then choosing to move forward and taking the wisdom and the courage to change your life. Some of the things you can do is go to the resources at her website and pick up her book, Journey to Me, to help you begin your own process to seeking the divine in your life and seeking those turning points in your life and discover what is your why. Sylvia Warsham. Here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast, we're all about helping you discover your pathway. We call it the pathway to your promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Many people are stuck in adversity of depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, other things. We can help you through that. This, uh, through the many podcast episodes we've had here, we've talked to great leaders and teachers who can help you. You can also head over to the sponsor of this program, which is the 40-Day Way, our coaching program, which helps you to make a connection from your being stuck, your adversity, to your life of peace and prosperity and purpose by creating your written document, your PLP, your promised life plan, which you can implement in 40 days in your life. Head over to drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way. We're here to be helpful to you. We hope that you can join us each and every week here on drbradmiller.com on the Beyond Adversity podcast, where we always are helping you to grow through what you go through. So until next time, good people, this is Dr. Brad Miller inviting you to continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.